City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey, everybody. This is Casey Fields, your manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association, and welcome to another edition of City Quick Connect podcast, your weekly information behind the scenes, extra explanation of action at the State House. And I would like to everyone's astonishment, I would like to welcome back my weekly guest, my partner in crime, Scott Platton. Influential political insiders, right? Oh, is that, is that you're a Columbia insider now? <laughs> No. Wait a minute. No, that cracks me up when I read I read about that sometimes. When people I didn't think I knew any say, real Columbia when, insiders. When people say that about people in Columbia, it's pretty funny. Scott, how are you? I'm well. I hope you are. I am. I am. I can't complain. Uh last week was um it was a slow week on the floor um for the house especially. The Senate saw some long long hours of debate on numerous different different issues, but um, I think this coming up week, I, I think we're going to see a little action come on the House floor. Anyway, let's let's talk about what happened, and then we'll talk about what's going to happen. How about yeah, that? last last week was slow on the floor, but productive for cities and towns for sure. We'll talk about that as we go along here. Right. So House members intentionally did not spend a lot of time on the floor, so they could spend more time in committee and subcommittee and get some bills on the calendar. And the Senate spent long hours on the floor last week debating several different issues, an education bill um, that was reported out. So that issue was done and over with. That debate is over as far as right now goes. Um, They also debated a a resolution that Senator Massey from Shane Massey, majority leader from Edgefield, that he introduced about moving teachers uh, to a higher place on the vaccination, I don't know, yeah. rank. Into into 1A. Into yeah. 1A, which is happening right now. That 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 was a lot of debate. They they passed that bill out and sent it over to, or the resolution out, sent it over to the House. And which, they also sent, go ahead. Well, and of course the governor has vowed to, veto that resolution if it reaches his desk. Right. He's uh, made that or, fairly clear. Or that bill. So, um, you know, once that happens, if it happens, then the question will become, is there a two-thirds majority in both chambers to override that veto? So, Well, I'll tell you, Scott, it's got to get out of the House first. Right. <clears throat> That's, which yeah, will be exactly. interesting to see how, you know, how they progress with that. But, I will, but, That's very But, you know, but, Casey, so far – the, both the House and the Senate have been pretty bullish on COVID response. Yeah, I um, agree. So, you know, who knows what might happen to it in the House, but I think the odds are pretty good that something will be done with that re- that uh, resolution in a positive way to help try and get schools back open. But, of course, the I calendar agree. is the calendar is working against everybody at this point. I was about to say, with re- now with we're regard- – the legislative calendar, the 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 actual uh, right, like real calendar, calendar <laughs> right, the vaccine right. calendar, everything's working against getting teachers vaccinated with any appreciable time left in the school year. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep moving ahead. Um, so they've got that. They spent a lot of time on House Bill thirty seven oh seven, 
um, which was the bill that directs a lot of money toward vaccination, COVID vaccine distribution. The House passed that, sent it over to the Senate. The Senate amended it and sent it back to the House. And on Thursday, the House passed a couple of amendments, one of which being the House version. So they have essentially amended it back to their version of the bill. And then they decided to wait to debate it until this week, until tomorrow specifically. And, um, and it's not yeah. unusual that the House would amend it back or the Senate, you know, or Correct. vice versa. They, right. they do that frequently. I'm, I'm a little surprised. Again, given the time timing that right, the time crunch right. that we're all facing, that we're I hate to use I hate to say we're wasting time by amending it back, but certainly it's going to throw it into a conference committee, and who knows how right. long that'll take. So exactly, um, you know, and yeah. I understand completely that we are dealing with distribution. Um, we are dealing with with inventory. Yeah, that we've got the personnel and the places to distribute. We just don't have the inventory. Well, and that was pointed out. Uh, Senator Massey pointed that out during the uh, Senate debate over this. That we can make all the plans in the world, but unless we right. actually have the vaccine, the inventory, this is really all There's nothing uh, we can an do. Exercise, yeah, in futility. So there is nothing we can do. But um, but so that um, I guess. But the point. But the point of the bill, though, I think, is to have the state positioned and ready to really crank yeah. up the vaccinations once we do get the supply. So it's to not, into it's a, not mass, a wasted effort. A mass yeah. effort. Yeah, once, right. once we get them, we can get them in arms faster, I guess, instead of them sitting and waiting. Right. Um, so that was, and also, FYI, just a blip, the parking bill, it remains the municipal parking bill, S-40, remains on the Senate calendar, contested calendar. That didn't see any action this week. Um, so that's kind of, that, that's what happened on the floor, um, in, on both, on both sides. Let's talk a little bit about what happened in committee last week, some subcommittee and committee, um, and then we'll, we'll kind of look to this week. So Scott, you were following the tort reform and the COVID liability bills that came out of Senate Judiciary, correct? Yes. Yeah, Senate Bill 82 is the uh, Tort Claims Act uh, reform bill. It would raise the limits for uh, occurrences from 500,000, up from 300,000 and 600,000 per occurrence to 500,000 and a million per occurrence. We've talked about this bill before. Right. Um, it is, uh, it's a bill that is compromise language that everyone I can't say they, everyone agreed to it, but got to a compromised position two years ago. Uh, it's the same bill. A couple of small technical uh, amendments were made in subcommittee two weeks ago, and then this week, or last week, rather, the Senate Judiciary adopted those amendments and gave it a, a favorable report and have sent that, they sent that bill, F82, to the Senate floor. And and the the other bill that's tracking right along with that is the COVID liability bill. That's Senate Bill 147, and uh, that had some technical changes made to it as well that were accepted by the full Senate Judiciary Committee last week, and they reported that to the floor. Interestingly, during the committee hearing, though, committee meeting, Senator Massey uh, raised a concern 
about a a different legal issue that is in his in his mind unresolved mm. or unclear. On the tort reform or COVID liability? Well, it it sort of deals with um, both. Okay. It um, in terms of several jointly and several um, liability. So the the it's the legal concept of in terms of sharing liability if there are multiple people involved who are or who are found negligent if there's multiple defendants in a in a uh, in an action and of course right. I'm not a, I'm not an attorney and don't I can't go you into a whole lot of great detail yeah I just uh, and, and so but he raised that as an issue that he wants to see addressed in exchange for not raising doubts about the tort claims bill he you know he mm-hmm. said outright there's going to be opposition on the floor to the tort claims bill going forward if this this concern that he raised is not addressed at some point so i mean he he made it very clear and and yeah, everyone understood cool. that so yeah. so we'll we'll see how that goes Quite frankly, in the interest of municipal budgets, uh, we would be fine if S82 didn't go forward. Uh, clearly, yeah. the, the fiscal effects on it are largely unknown, although we expect that we know that, that premiums, uh, property and liability insurance premiums will rise as a result of this just because, just from the primary insurers like Smurf. But we don't know what sort of effects this will have on reinsurance pricing. And that's the wild card that could really drive up premiums even higher than what we expect, which is upwards of, you know, 10 to 15 percent. So if the bill if the bill passes the way it's written right now. So we'll just have to see. That'll be an obstacle that will come up. There'll be a lot of debate and a lot of moving parts. And, of course, we all know and, and, and understand that, the tort liability bill is tracking with the COVID liability bill. If you support one, then you got to support the other. If you don't support one, then I'm not going to support you on the other. So yeah. there's a there's a lot of uh, a lot of politics and alliances that's right. that, uh, that are being formed and and yeah. you know it's survivor dissolved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's survivor right. Broad River. Oh, right. Survivor right. Congaree. God, that's right. a great exactly. title for a new episode. The, all right, so that's that's kind of the, that was the big stuff coming out of committee and subcommittee that we are following yep. this week. I know that you also you were watching, we were tracking a um a firefighters bill. Do you want to touch on that just real quick? Yeah, there's a bill. I think it's uh, the the bill numbers House Bill three four six six thirty four sixty six, and it is a bill that would allow a fire department to recover the costs of training a firefighter that leaves his his or her department for another uh, department within a year or two years of the training. So just like the police officer law where a city that sends a police officer through the Criminal Justice Academy uh, and has to pay his or her salary expenses they can recover from if if that officer leaves within two years of that of, of graduated from the criminal justice academy, the department that sent him him or her through the academy can require his or her subsequent department to pay the original department for those training costs 
This mm-hmm. bill does the same thing for firefighters. So Oh good. Okay. Uh, yeah, the well, that'll help. That'll help yeah. our our yeah, firefighters. The, 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 yeah, our department. Yeah, the association supports that bill. Um, it's not. I, my personal experience is it's not as as prevalent a problem as it is in the police ranks, but certainly right. there are going to be those occasions when departments hire somebody and then and train them up and then. Uh, somebody chooses to go to another department. Can't blame them there. One question that was raised by Representative Vic Dabney, who's from Kershaw, uh, he said, well, he asked what happens if some circumstance in that firefighter's life changes that maybe a, a spouse gets a new job in another city or, you know, something like right. that and he, and they have to move. Would the receiving department have to pay the old department? And, my view and Chief Jones' view at the South Carolina Fire Academy is that those departments could work something out. Uh, there's, I don't know how you would, I don't know how you could codify anything in state law to account for those kinds of circumstances, but we yeah. both agreed yeah. and, and I think Representative Dabney agreed as well that, hey, cooler heads will prevail, you know, level heads will prevail and, right. uh, there won't be any, any squabbles. So that bill was reported out of a 3M Subcommittee, so, House 3M right. subcommittee, and it'll go on to the full 3M committee agenda when and if they meet this session. Okay, so let's, we had, you know, we had other bills that we we're following, obviously. I think the tracking system now has like over 200 bills that we track for cities and towns. Um, but I want to kind of shift and talk about this week at the State House because I think things, things are going to look a little bit different this week as far as um action we're used to this time of the year gearing up for the full ways and means budget debate but that's been pushed back for several weeks um to give our house members and that house committee more time to get a, a new estimate from revenue and fiscal affairs and to you know kind of get a different picture as they propose their committee version of the budget also I think other than maybe a local bill or two, the only bill on the calendar in the House for tomorrow is S-1, which if everybody remembers, we've talked about this before, S-1 is the personhood or the or the anti-abortion bill. Fetal heartbeat. heartbeat. That's right, not personhood, fetal heartbeat. That bill is up for debate in the House. Um, it's not yet on the contested calendar, but I feel like it will be on the contested calendar. But I know that House members are anxious to get to that bill. So the speaker said as they adjourned last Thursday that House members need to come prepared to spend long hours on the floor. Um, another bill that is out of a subcommittee, a House Judiciary subcommittee, is the open carry bill. It's uh, I think they call it open carry with training bill. And that, Scott, is a, the ability to carry a weapon, a gun, as long as you have training openly. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. South so I can Carolina. put my pistol on my, on my hip and go to Walmart? Yeah, you, you, can, you can strap up if you want to uh, under this bill. So South Carolina is only is one of only five states in the union apparently that doesn't have some sort of open carry That's what provision I on the books. So uh, not to be left behind last. Yeah, right. we're we're moving that way. So 
even though that bill is still in is is on the House Judiciary Committee's right uh, and they're, agenda they're gonna on meet, their calendar, they're going to meet they're, on Tuesday, I believe. Yeah, tomorrow. So, yeah, so that'll a, yeah, so that'll most likely come out be on the calendar. Uh, and mm-hmm. would be eligible for debate probably on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, maybe Thursday, so, probably the week next week. Yep, so that will be another week of debate on, on a single bill probably. So, you know, the idea, I think, is with from House leadership to try and get those things out of the way, uh, mm-hmm. resolve those two bills at, at the very least before we get the budget out onto the floor which, of course, as you said, gives Houseways and Means more time to work on the budget, hopefully with a rosier revenue yeah. picture than yeah. they have right now. And right. that will and depend that, that would on help what the debate. The yeah, so we're, we're looking yeah. at, in the House, we're looking at lengthy debate. Um, and then once that House debate, they usually do not spend as much time on the floor when Houseways and Means, when the committee has the budget. So, you know, we're we're looking we, we kinda know where we're going in the house here over the next several weeks with these, you know, issues and the budget coming on coming on its heels. Yeah, um, and, and Ways and Means original budget calendar had them taking up the budget had the Ways and Means I think taking up the budget last week or maybe this week. Yeah, I think it's like this then, week, yeah. Yeah, and then it coming to the floor before the end of February, but that's obviously not gonna happen now. Right, right. Um, so that that's kind of what we're looking at. In the Senate, the calendar is full. Um, they continue to send bills out, and they will just continue to work through them. We're we're looking at you know pretty pretty normal operations in in the Senate. It's what I what I see you know coming up. Uh, Senate Finance has already begun looking at the budget, and they will continue that as Ways and Means looks at it. They will also be holding subcommittee hearings. Those will be coming up um, moving forward. So. Expect um, some debate about Fancy Cooper. Yes. Expect some lengthy debate about uh, the open carry with training once the House passes that bill. That's a House bill, um, unlike the feel heartbeat that the Senate's already passed that bill. Um, but expect some lengthy debate on that in the Senate once the House passes it over, which I believe that they will. Scott, other than we're going to be Seattle for the next several weeks. Is there anything else we need to talk about? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, you know, this is a this is a, a one of those periods in the session where just you're just kind of grinding along. Yeah, and, that's uh, right. You know, we're you, not you, yet to crossover. You know, we've got right. about a month and a half, maybe until crossover, and we're not we're not to that push. And I, to me, when you're in the first year of a two year session. You know, you're you're getting new bills, and those new bills are yep. just getting through committee. So it's kind of it is like a grind. You you get it, you deal with it, you move on. You get it, you deal with it, you move on. And it's not as urgent as it gets in the second year of a two year session when yep. you know that if you don't get that bill over out of the body that it's introduced out of before yep. crossover, which is normally the beginning of April, then you're cooked. So there becomes kind of like this panic attack to get right. that done. And, 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 and while all that's taking place, while the grind is taking place, we are laying the, the groundwork for some of our advocacy initiatives, working towards them. We're meeting with legislators, having conversations with staff about some of our other oh, yeah. initiatives that aren't, uh, that haven't really gotten a whole lot of attention yet. Mm-hmm. And we're with an eye towards 
getting them moving toward the end of this session and then ready to go out of the chute come January of next year. It's I, My hope is that is going to be much easier than it has been so far this session because of the limited contact that we're able to have face-to-face with that's legislators. Right. That's right. And that's actually, Scott, that, that has been encouraged by legislators and staff that, you know, don't come over to the state house and hang out. Call me, text me, yeah. we can Zoom, we can meet on Teams, let, let's talk and work it out rather than coming around and seeing it. So I think, yeah. and also, you know, while we're working on the initiatives and we're getting, you know, those done and we're moving on to the next one and gathering information, every day I feel pretty safe in saying somebody calls, and when I say somebody, I mean a legislator or a legislative staff person calls and says, well, this bill is going to be up in the next couple of weeks. We need information on it. Or yeah. somebody's going to introduce this bill. What do you all think about it? And it, you know, it's, it's usually not an advocacy initiative no. because it's a knee-jerk reaction to something that has happened. So yeah. we're also balancing all that at the same time. Yeah, playing defense is uh, – we. I have been playing a fair bit of defense, particularly on the parking bill. There are some uh, there's some code enforcement in terms of building codes, bills that have been introduced that we will definitely have to be playing defense on. Will take up a lot of time. So all of that time that we're having having to play defense, which is not something that it, you know these legislators and these other interest groups who are introducing these bills aren't introducing it with an eye towards putting cities and towns on the defensive to occupy their time, just like us, they're trying to push through their the issues that are important to you, important to them, but it forces us to have to divert our attention uh, away from our advocacy initiatives to, to play this defense and try and stop or improve bills that are introduced. So that's a that's a huge part of, of what we play, and I'd much rather play right. offense. We've been on the offensive. Oh, yeah. Uh, a good bit here in the last year or two, but Absolutely. we always we're always uh, forced into playing a lot of defense yeah. that uh, that takes away time and resources. But we're we're prepared for it. We understand it, and and the good thing is we have trust and and allies and trust on the staff side with with legislators who That's reach right. out. I had a conversation. A House member called me yesterday and to give me a heads up that, hey, this bill is coming up. I, I was aware of it already, which was great, but I was very appreciative that she reached out to me and let just to say, hey, heads up, this is coming. So yeah, absolutely. That's very helpful. And, of course, that's a that's a result of the relationships that we have over there, which we're continu- we continue to build on every and day. And, you know, Scott, we've got a great team, and everybody, everybody is professionals at multitasking. Yeah. While we're playing offense, we're also playing defense. We're not just coming on the field when it's our turn. We're constantly out there. It, but as an ode to our former executive director, Miriam Harris, she loved football analogies, as did former Rock Hill Mayor Doug Eccles, who I yes. love and adore. They what, love what? football analogies. So we're we're playing kind of – I don't want to say we're special teams, but I feel like we're, we're playing <laughs> both sides all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of elected officials, obviously our elected officials are – a key piece, a critical piece oh, in helping us fend off bad things and push forward good things. So, again, well, that's we, a constant we, communication that we yeah. really do enjoy and appreciate. Yeah, we say this often, but 
please, if we reach out to you, please respond. Please be receptive to uh, helping helping your city or town and helping us uh, help you. Uh, so if we if we reach out to you by phone, text, email, whatever, please uh, take our call and, and respond back to us. And everybody's always really good about that, but just want to continue to remind people to do that. Scott, speaking of taking a call, I think we've got time to, to take a caller. Um, Russell, you want to pipe in a call? Oh, no, no. There, there's no call. No, he's shaking his head. He's shaking we don't, his head. I, we don't have he's that never, Am I ever going to be able to take a caller? As, as always, let's keep our masks on, socially distance, wash your hands, take care of yourselves, and as Scott said earlier, keep us informed and keep those open lines of communication with text, email, phone call. We're available what seems like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Everybody stay safe and thank you for listening. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.